Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Welcome everyone to Take It Home Podcast. I'm your host, John LaRocca. And on today's episode, I'm going to talk about AEW Rampage from Friday, October 28th. And I, the reason why I'm talking about this episode is because I just cannot believe what I watched on this episode. And it just drove me nuts. I was just so upset, so angry this is why I don't watch this damn show. This is why I, I, I it's on my DVR. I see it on my DVR. And I usually end up deleting it. I never watch it. Same thing I kind of do with Raw. Like, Raw is the same way. I rarely ever watch Raw. And it's mostly just tapes and it gets deleted. And I do the same thing with Rampage because it's just just it's just a, not a, a non-important show. And, um, you know, someone... I don't want to put this guy out there, but he made a good point. Instead of calling AEW Rampage, they just call it AEWB Show. Because that's what it is. Nothing important happens on it, right? And and the book is booking's nonsense. I can't believe this was live. This was actually a live show. It wasn't taped after Dynamite. This is what these people paid a ticket to see. They saw this horrible card. Now... And what made it really bad, and what I want to focus on, is the main event. When was, the match was announced on Dynamite of Wardlow defending the TNT Championship against Matt Taven, I was like, uh-oh. They're not going to beat Matt Taven in his first match in the company, are they? This 
this definitely has to be a disqualification. I think I, we, we even talked about it on the Fight Game podcast. Garrett goes also that, and he's like, "Well, John, they don't do qualifications. You know, they don't do." I'm like, "Well, they're gonna have to do it here because why would you sign these guys, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, and Maria, and beat them on their first night in? No one would do that." Well, it happened here. It was the complete burial of the kingdom. I was just, just, and I had I had no words. And then I got angry. Then my blood started boiling. Not only did Matt Taven lose his debut match in AEW, he got beat with four power bombs by Warlow. And I know that's Warlow's thing. The power bomb sympathy, uh, sympathy, symphony. Excuse me. Can you make a guy just mean nothing? What are your plans with these guys? What? It, why did Tony Khan say, oh, this is okay to do. I just signed these guys, and now I'm going to beat one of them convincingly right in the middle of the ring. What's the, what's the, what's the justification? Is it because you see the kingdom... Matt Taven and Mike Bennett as a strictly a tag team. And you're thinking, well, he's just tag team guy so he can get beat. That's bullshit. That's what people with no experience booking do. Oh, we could beat him. He's a tag guy. In a singles match, it's fine. No, no. You make the tag team look weak as well. And it just got worse from there. Like, and, and and I don't understand why would you why first of all, I don't even get why would you want to do this? Again, you just signed them, right? You just signed them. You just announced you signed them. And the first thing they do, first thing you you actually see them do physically in the ring, you're beating one of them with four power bombs in the middle. Matt Taven has really great potential to be a star, right? He was a, a you know a top guy in a Ring of Honor. Honestly, it took me a, a long time to kind of uh, get behind Matt Taven uh, in Ring of Honor. Yeah, I just at first I didn't connect with him, and then this last about the last year and a half, maybe two years of Ring of Honor, <coughs> I really started taking notice of Matt Taven, and this last actually. With the last six months of Ring of Honor, the feud between Matt Taven and Vincent was really good. Matt Taven was fantastic in his promos. He's a really good talker. He's a really good promo. And him and uh, Vincent had a really good violent cage match. Uh, to, to, and I thought it was one of the better matched gimmicks like that in a very long time where he, he felt like these two guys had a had an issue and they want to they want to just 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 try to harm each other in a very violent way matt taven he has a look he has size he can work he can talk why would you put do this to this guy why why because he's a tag guy because he planned to put him in Ring of Honor 
when that relaunches again, whenever it relaunches, you know, I'm sure we're going to find something that's going to be announced by the end of this year, probably at Final Battle in December. He, maybe he's going to be going, the Kingdom's all going to be going over there. Which I'm not a fan of either because even the longtime Ring of Honor fans, have, they've seen the Kingdom in ROH, right? So if you put them back in ROH, eh, doesn't mean anything. It's just continuing on that. But bring them over to AW, freshen up AW's ranks. AW needs some top heels. Matt Taven could be a top heel. The kingdom itself could be a top unit. You know, Mike Bennett's a good wrestler. You know, I, I think where he, I mean, I, 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 before I thought he was a standout of the kingdom between these two, but Matt Taven quickly kind of surpassed him because he had more of the personality, better talker. Uh, you know, Bennett's a good, a good, you know, talent in the ring. Nothing, I, I, I always, I always enjoy his work. Maria, you know, she just adds to that package and makes it more of a main event package, right? They look great together. Those guys look great. She looks great. She can talk. She just doesn't play like, you know, just some, just, she's not there for just sex appeal, right? She's, she has credibility because she knows how to carry herself she you could tell like she gets it and she's a smart woman and you know she could be she doesn't have to wrestle right but she could be a top manager she could they could be a top act they could be a top tag team championship team in aew um taven could be a top singles guy in my opinion Uh, i was just listening to the boom today with uh uh, Peppermint Fatty, James, James, James B. McDaniel, and Kevin, Kevin Ely, and you know they were, they, you know, they were talking about Matt Taven. They're saying like Dalton Castle's more of you know, is a lot better than Matt Taven. Oh man, I, 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 I like Dalton Castle, but I feel like his act is been the same forever. I just. The same shtick, the boys, all that. You know, it's just I haven't seen any really change with it, any any growth with it. And he's been doing it for a very long time. Matt Taven, I've seen as a heel, I've seen as a babyface, and he can do both really well. So I I think Matt Taven's more valuable. He's healthier. Of course, you know, Castle has you know a history of back back issues. But Tavis, I mean, he's a he's a guy that I would really invest in if I was the AEW, if I was Tony Khan. I I remember hearing stuff that Taven was talking to WWF or WWE, excuse me, and I kind of think he'd be a better fit in WWE. Really, I think they would do a lot better with him than AEW. Obviously, after what I saw tonight uh, on the excuse me on this past Friday, like I said, loses first match in. Powerbombed four times by Wardlow. I think Wardlow even put his fucking foot on Matt Taven's chest just to kind of, you know, just put the nail in the coffin there. And then after the match, here comes Mike Bennett. He tacks Wardlow's injured knee that Taven was working on early in the match. But guess what happens? Samoa Joe comes out. He beats up Mike Bennett. Wardlow gets revenge on Taven. And they're just chucked like sacks of shit. Like, just... (laughs) 
can you just put them in, put, get the shovel out at this point in time and just, just, just go outside the arena and just bury them? Because that's what you did. And I, I, I uh, God, I think it was Kevin Ely on the boom said something about maybe the kingdom will be now uh, reunited with Adam Cole. And since the Undisputed Era stuff all done with Bobby Fish being, you know, let go and O'Reilly out with a neck injury for a very long time that, and, and there's rumors that Cole may be soon returning, that this will be his new group or going back to his old group, RH group, the kingdom. Well, if you're planning on doing that, why beat the guy like this here? Why beat Matt Taven right here? <sighs> Fucking stupid. I'm sorry, but just, 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 it just doesn't just, it's, it goes against everything that I was taught by my, you know, when I was studying booking and, and watching the, the the top bookers. Like, who who brings in a new guy and beats them on the first night? Like, I know it's happened, but <laughs> when it's a guy that has strong potential to be a main event guy, why would you do that? Why? And then as after Wardlow and Samoa Joe just 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 throw out Kingdom like sacks of shit. Out comes Powerhouse Hobbs, out comes Brian Cage and the Gates of Agony, and they all lay out Wardlow and Samoa Joe. Again, further making us forget. All about the kingdom for the just prove the point that they're nothing. They're not gonna be nobody. We're gonna, you know, I don't mind Powerhouse Hobbs, you know, doing something with him because he's a talent. Uh, he should be a future major player, but I just don't trust Tony Khan's booking to get him there. Even though he he really loves Powerhouse Hobbs, and that's one of his his projects when you know he signed Will. But this also doesn't make sense. Just a little sidebar here. We talk about something that doesn't make sense. Now you're having now Powerhouse Hobbs go after Wardlow's TNT Championship. Okay. Just a month prior, we saw Powerhouse Hobbs basically dominate Ricky Starks or a few, few months prior. Sorry, at the last pay per view in like six minutes or something like that, get dominant win. Like damn, right? But then he has this lights out match with Ricky Starks, and he loses that match to, to Ricky Starks. So now he's after, that's the last time we saw him. Now he's back attacking Wardlow. I mean, wouldn't you want Powerhouse Hobbs to kind of win that feud, or or at least you know at least beat Starks at the pay per view? As Starks is. Once again, injured, his, maybe his neck gets ha- injured, and he's out of wrestling, or maybe out of wrestling for good. And then Powerhouse Hobbs goes on to be the next challenger t- to uh, Wardlow. That makes sense. But he just lost his match to Ricky Starks, and Ricky Starks apparently disappeared again. Who knows what's going on with him? And and now we're like going to take Powerhouse House, House Hobbs serious against Wardlow? No. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. 
Like maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And then you have Brian Cage and the Gates of Agony come out. And I don't mind uh, Toa Loa and Khan. I don't even know what his new name is going by and um, the Gates of Agony. But, like, you know, they're good prospects. It just, they're just being exposed on AEW. They shouldn't be. They should be focused on when Ring of Honor eventually starts. You know, they, that was. Tony Khan, it's like, okay, we're not going to have you on AEW television. I want you guys for Ring of Honor. But in the meantime, go work indies that we trust. Go work, uh, you know, people that we trust and help you guys along and get your guys' timing together as a team because they're not a regular tag team. And, you know, go work on it on, on, on indies, you know, against, again, opponents that they trust. Opponents that they know, guys, you know, uh, credible promotions like Defy or, or, or um, um, you know, All Pro Wrestling or, you know, just just people that will understand how to book you, book you with safe people, book you people will just, you know, get them better where you want them to be when you eventually do launch ROH instead of having them get beat on television already. So we launch ROH. <laughs> people are okay. well, why should I really get into ROH when it's just a bunch of guys who've lost? <laughs> I've seen them just get their beat up and on AEW. Like, could you make that show mean less and less? The only people that are kind of, kind of over still is the Briscoes because they've barely seen them. But then again, they've only lost twice to FTR already, right? It's just, just insanity. So I was just, I couldn't believe this. Again, Matt Taven, f- potential main event player. I, I strongly believe that. I see that in him. I've seen him cut those really good promos in Ring of Honor, via, both as a heel and a babyface. Honestly, a lot better as a babyface, really. But I like the idea of starting him out as a heel and turning him babyface, just like they did in Ring of Honor. I think that that's a great formula for him. And again, Mike Bennett's, Great there for keeping them intact. They've gone to tag teams first, then eventually break off Matt Taven. You have Maria there, just kind of adds to that main event package, that potential main event package, because, you know, she's, a, I think she's fantastic in her role. And I just, you know, I just, I was happy that the kingdom, that Tony Khan signed it, because I would sign the kingdom. I would sign Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, and Maria. I would love to have them in AEW if I was running AEW because I think they're they're talented people and to see what happens on the first night in the first match and the afterbirth what happened after that and just being just just destroyed and 
I just, I came unglued. I was so upset. Still upset today. That's why I'm like, you know, I had another idea for the show, but I was like, I have to talk about this. I have to get this out because every time I just think about it, it just drives me insane. Because why would you do this? So, so I just, I, I don't think, I don't think there's no way to to kind of get get them back. To I don't know. I don't, I don't see it. I mean, granted, no one really watched this show. It was, you know, of course they were against the World Series and. You know, of course, you know, even SmackDown was on a different network and they were affected by that as well. But but Rampage for sure was really just I think there were like three hundred and fifty some thousand you know, overall viewers for this, so very, very low. The hardcore, the hardcores were watching this live. Um so So I don't know. I don't see maybe I'm wrong. I know they're talented people, and maybe they can get get past this. But once you get that first impression, it's a big deal. You know, it's a big deal. First impressions is everything in wrestling. I was taught to that from day one, from Ronald Alexander. I always preached that. Hey, first impressions, first impressions is that's the first thing they see. First time they see you, that's what they're gonna have to remember you at. So you want to be in your best shape. You want to put your best foot forward. Same thing with the with the fan as you're watching. You know, when someone debuts and they get beat right away and you know they're not important. So they're not gonna those fans are not gonna take you serious. They're not gonna care for you know, care about you. Or don't believe and when they finally do push you that you're gonna be a star because they're like, Oh, we already know this guy's a loser. We've seen him lose already. So it's just that was the main event of the show, but this whole show I thought was just riddled with just I'm not going to talk about the girls' match. I'm not going to talk about Keith Lee. The match itself. I mean, that was, match itself was fine. He, fe- he, re- he wrestled Serpentor to beat him in seconds, which he should because it's embarrassing that, you know, Serpentor is even in that ring on this tele- on this show. I mean, he's fine as a mass job guy that gets beat in seconds like this, but, you know, having competitive matches, anyone just doesn't look right on national television. Uh, but what followed that was when Tony Giovanni was interviewing Keith Lee and out came the acclaimed and there's no rap for Max Caster. The crowd booed that. And then all of a sudden on the video screen, I guess because it's close to Halloween, they're trying to do some kind of spooky segment. There's Swerve who has kidnapped uh, uh, Billy Gunn and he, uh, you know, he's threatening him and he's, you know, the only reason why they claim one is because of you. Well, I'm going to make it to where you're not going to be there for a rematch. And he pulls out some pliers and shows the camera the pliers. And it seems to, they didn't show it, but it seemed that he broke a finger, broke a thumb, broke all his hand. Who knows? Broke his hand. Who knows what he did? But He just broke fingers, really, right? Because, you know, the whole scissor thing, he's trying to stop that. But does that, you didn't break a leg, you didn't break a back, you didn't break a neck. So Billy Gunn can still be at ringside. It can still interfere. One-handed Billy Gunn is still better than, you know, you know, than at, at ringside is better than being not at ringside, right? So 
I can't imagine this is going to put him out. And I, I don't even think it was done to take him out of the title match, take him, you know, take him out from ringside of the title match. I think it was just done to, to for the gag of he couldn't do the, the scissor me daddy stuff because his hands broke. Or I just, so it's just a joke. It's just a joke. We've done the jokes already with these guys, right? We've done the jokes with the teams right now. The third match should be the, a really serious match. It's the rubber match. It's the finale, right? This is, you know, the the heels have it right because, yes, the Bayface did, did cheat the win. So you could have had a creative way to get Billy Gunn out of there, you know, and then doing this. This is a horrible segment, um, you know, a lot of people were saying it reminded me of what they didn't like about WWE, and it reminded me of that too as well. Like I, I don't understand why they they thought this was a good idea, um, and it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't add anything to their championship match. It's just going to be used for the next week. It's going to be a big joke, and you know I thought Dynamite this past week was a good Dynamite. I'm from what they've shown so far, what the card's going to be. I'm a little worried about this Dynamite coming up, and I'm hoping for the best. Definitely hope for the best, but I just feel like ugh, it's it's not gonna. I guess I got some bad feelings about this dynamite coming up, but again, I'll stay positive and I hope they I hope they it's a lot better than I'm expecting. So I just but again, a pointless segment. Swerve has great potential as a heel, and he does not be in this mix. And Keith Lee, what? Keith Lee's not with this. He acts like, oh, why is he doing this? Like, so why are you guys still freaking teaming? Do something finally with this thing. Get rid of these guys. Get. I hope they split them up as a team. Swerve on his own could be a a top of the line heel. I I, I think I'm, I'm confident he could be up there. And they need heels. They need heels. Keith Lee hasn't shown much in AEW. Honestly, he had that one. Great debut, um, and you got you saw those, those you saw like oh wow this is the same guy I remember in in WWE but since then he hasn't really captured you know I think what it was is just Triple H, Shawn Michaels, NXT just knew how to book Keith Lee, of course. They were more, you know, obviously Keith Lee was in better shape than it. I know he had a serious bout with COVID. a very scary bout with COVID. And I get that. And I sympathize with that. But at the same time, he's wrestling every week. He's on television every week. He can get himself back in shape, right? The COVID thing, I think he's, you know, I'm sure, I, I, I'm sure if he's able to wrestle and you know, still do these long tag team matches. I know he's he gets in there and, and spurts, but if he's able to get in there and move around, he can go out there in gym. He can lose weight. He can diet, right? Um, I, I just want to see him, you know, be the monster that he should be. And I think a lot of his, his weight issues is kind of affecting his work. <coughs> and and I, so may, well, so if that happens, they split this team up, and I hope they. And once they do, they're probably gonna have this. This feud, but what honestly, I think Swerve should come out on top of this feud. He has to. He has to come out on top of this feud. And Keith Lee, at the end of this little feud with Swerve, if that's what they're going with this, I think you take him off television 
for a good four to six months and say, hey, lose the weight. We're going to take off television to freshen you up. But in the meantime, lose the weight. And, you know, we're going to bring you back and we're going to reach that potential with that we think you have. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens there. I just, this night, I just, after I, I started recording this show after I recorded the Raw 98 show with Gary Gonzalez. And we just, we just, we just reviewed this crazy November 2nd episode of Raw from 1998. This man is like on the whole episode, he's in a wheelchair, he's on fire. It's like Vince's revenge episode. It's nuts. Boss man's beating a stooges in the cage. It is wild, right? Classic Vince stuff here. The debut of the Hardcore Championship. All this. And and so this and it's just yeah, as I'm recording we're recording this, it just brought it just brings back so much uh so much memory of this of this time frame and it, and and also it just it put an opportunity to talk about Raw ninety eight and also put an opportunity to talk about the five game media plus Patreon. You knew it was coming. You knew I had to plug the Patreon. Five dollars a month. One last coffee a month. Give us a shot. A lot of great content. Like I always talk about. I just talk about Brace for Impact Podcast with uh Mike Gilbert and JD Oliva. They talk everything impact wrestling. You know, there's the picture the Brace for Impact Podcast on the free feed where they review the television show, the impact wrestling show. But the Patreon, that's where the that's where the juicy stuff's at, all the backstage, uh all the comings and goings in impact wrestling. Uh, it's really good, really good show. Uh, the Dynamite Show, Jeff Hawkins and Paul Fontaine um, coming over the, the Dynamite Show. Uh, Five Star Joe Show with Scott covering Joshi Wrestling. Like there's a lot, a lot of great Joshi podcasts out there. We have the best one, and it's on on our Patreon. Check that out. And we have, you know, write that down. We have. Special segments on those shows. We have, of course, the 90 Raw 98 podcast. <clears throat> Just tons of content. Of course, we got special the Cobra Kai show. Uh, special stuff beyond just wrestling. So a lot of great content on the Patreon. Give it a shot. Five dollars a month. Um, you're gonna love it and you're gonna stick with it because we, we you know, Fight Game Media, we put out some great, we have some great, great content. And of course, on this free feed, check out the boom. They talk. Everything AEW, I love that show. It's one of my favorite listens of the week. Even though I don't agree with everything they say, as I mentioned earlier, they're, 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 they didn't see highly in Matt Taven like I do, but that's okay. I, I love hearing their, their opinion on stuff. It's a fun show. The Rap with Keela Cash and Salty Scott. I'm talking all things WWE. Another another must-listen from myself as well. Um, yeah, thank you for some freaking uh, media and, and for just listening to our free feed. And also, you know, if you want to... Check out the Fight Game Media Plus Patreon, five dollars a month. Give it a shot. I think you're really going to dig it. I want to touch on a couple of other things on this episode real quick here before I, before I uh, close it out. Kind of a shorter show this week. I'm just going to focus on Rampage, but of course it's it's only been a few a few months, so we have to have another tournament, right? Now I get it. This is kind of a traditional yearly tournament, AEW. The title eliminator tournament that happens around this time. 
Um, last few years, I think I believe the winner of the tournament ended up challenging for the title at, at full gear pay per view. But since it's going to be John Moxley defending the AEW title against MJF at the pay per view in the main event, the winner of this title eliminated tournament is going to get a title shot at Winter is Coming on, I believe, December 14th. And I just, just got to chuckle what I saw. Another tournament, another tournament, right? But I, I was like, okay, I get it. This is their yearly tournament, though. You know, we saw, like, the Owen Hart tournament, and we saw the Champions tournament, and we saw six-man title tournament, and all this other stuff on the sh- tournaments in the year. Like, tournaments, tournament, tournaments, right, in AEW. And the first guy they announced for this tournament, Dante Martin. When was the last time we seen Dante Martin on our television set? Winning matches. I think he was maybe in that battle royal they had for like a number one contendership. He was just you know, guy on the in the battle royal of a sea of other guys, right? Lost in there. I think he's at the pay per view to that casino ladder match, you know, because because he's he's a guy that can jump off stuff, so he's in that spot. But other than that, he's done nothing. He's been on dark or elevation, which you know majority of people don't watch. You know, you have this tournament, you want this people to get high by this tournament. Why would you announce a guy at the level of Dante Martin? Why don't you give someone that's you know going to get some attention, people excited about this tournament? You know, when when. King of the Ring pay-per-view 1993 was announced. They announced the first participant was Mr. Hughes. <laughs> they said the first participant was Bret Hart. It's just ridiculous. And Dante Martin was what? A project earlier this year. And then he's just kind of lost lost again as, as Tony has moved on to another uh, project. So, I don't know. I'm sure he's in wrestling and some other guy to do some flying. Maybe Darby Allen or something like that. We'll see. But I don't, I don't know who's going to win this. I assume MGF's winning the title at the pay-per-view, so it's probably going to be a Bay face. Um, there's a lot of Bay faces in AEW. Um, Kevin Ely mentioned uh, 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 Darby Allen, which I thought that was a great pick. Um, he mentioned that in the boom this on this week, and I, I like I like that idea because it you know plays off of that classic match they had at the I think a year ago now, right? Uh, yeah, it was a year ago at the last full gear pay-per-view. They had an opener, and it was a really great match. And I can see that being the main event of Winners Coming. So, And then you have Sting, the, the snow, and all that stuff. So that, that could kind of play into it. So, yeah, I think Darby Allen would be a, uh, a strong pick to win the tournament if NGF is a champion. And that's the case. I'm happy about that because I think Darby Allen's a t- talented guy, and I think he's kind of been – He's kind of lost a lot of momentum in, in 2022, so it'd be cool to see him get that momentum back with the with the, not only this tournament win, but also you know he shouldn't win, he shouldn't beat NGF for the title if that's the match at Winners Coming. But you know, I think even in losing, they're going to have a really great match, and uh, Darby won't really he'll lose the match, but I don't think he'll lose anything. I think he'll just get more over because I think they're I think they'll have a sensational match if if they could just even. Even just come a little bit close to their their match at full that full year of the year, but I think they'll try to exceed that, and I think those guys are really two talented guys, and they can, and that could be a really good match. So I'm so I'm with you, Kevin Ely. I'm I'm rooting for Darby Allen versus MGF at Winners Coming, and and uh, when I just heard from the Boom this week that 
Kevin Neely's going to be at that show. So that'd be an awesome match for him to see live. And, uh, and uh, worth definitely worth the ticket, the price that you pay for that ticket. Now, a match that wasn't worth the price to pay for, that these people pay for the ticket was John Moxley versus Matt Menard, a title eliminator match. So Matt Menard wins, he gets a shadow shot at John Moxley, it's AEW World Title. Yeah, the title eliminator matches have now jumped the shark. And you know, I like Matt Menard. I'm a, I I like 2.0. I loved I really liked them when they're ever rising WWE. And and I understand like hey, Rampage is going against the World Series. You want to try to throw you know, this just happened like what on I think it's this was just announced online like a, a day before this show or maybe 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 2 days, but I understand you want some star power. So you want John Moxley on there to go against the World Series stuff to kind of help some build some interest because this 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 show wasn't much. You know, Matt Taven wasn't established yet, and you know Wardlow's been cold, even though he's a TNA champion. You know, he's been cold since after the MJF feud. Actually, ever since they they quickly put him with the March Sterling feud, that really cooled him down. So it was a lot of interest in the show. So throwing John Mox on, I can see they're thinking like, okay, we got to get you. He's our top guy. We need him on the show. But versus Matt Menard, who again I like, but you know they've just been, you know, they're just stooges for the uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society, and he's and he's a tag guy that honestly hasn't really been featured on television as a tag in a long time. Like I rather see Matt Menard and and um, Cool Hand and Luke or whatever. Be in tag team matches and win tag team matches. Establish them. Again, you have the acclaimed as a, a strong Bay Phase champion team. They need challengers. So why don't you build, start building up 2.0, the kingdom, to be challengers for, you know, the acclaimed for tag team titles. But no one believed that Matt Menard had a chance in this match. And, and, and but in this match... It's sad in today's standard. It's probably considered fine, but my standard wasn't good at all. Um, I actually watched this match through, even through the picture in pictures, because I was I forgot to just fast forward, and I ended up just watching. I think I saw something happen a commercial, and I started watching that. I kind of caught my interest, and I said, "Well, I was kind of you know, this probably won't be a long commercial break. I'll just watch the, the picture in picture." And in this match, during the cutoff. Matt Menard picks up. They're on the outside, of course, right? It's not. It's a, it's a, it's a moxie match. Got to go out on the outside. He picks up. Uh, Matt Menard picks up John Moxie in a in a in a belly back position, and he rams Moxie crotch first in a ring post, not once but twice. Okay. <sighs> Ran the guy's crotch in the ring post twice. And it meant nothing. Right? Within but a few minutes, Moxley's fine. No, no, no issues with being ran in the ring post. Tesco first twice. He's fine. So why do it? You can't do a simpler cutoff. You know, I know Cool Hand got involved, and he should have got I don't know, he should got more. He needed to be involved more because they need to be just slimy heels here and just, you know, cheat 
often the only way they could beat Moxley, but it needed to be so much where the referees just lose control like of it. Like there just should have been cool hand out there. And if you're next, probably should have been someone else to kind of help make Jake Hager could have been out there to kind of help uh, distract the referee during that. But it was just, I'm like, when I saw that, it's just like, why would you do that? Why are you just killing that, right? The ball shot should be a big deal. And it should be lead to a finish. It should lead to an you know, injury angle. I mean, doing it twice and he's fine, you're just killing it. It's like no one cares anymore. No one gives a shit. It just drives me insane. <coughs> if I'm Moxie, I'm like, no, we're not doing that because... You know, why? There's no need for it. It's not going to play at the finish. You know, if we could come up with something simpler. The agent. Maybe there was an agent. Maybe the agent was John Moxley. I'm sure it was. You know, if there was an agent, they probably should have said, hey, you don't need to rerun this guy's balls twice in the ring post if it's not going to mean anything, right? Is that going to be done with focus? Are we going to disqualification? Is it going to be carried out? Like, why would you do that? Oh, cut off. Fuck, dude. Cut off can be so simple. It doesn't have to be as big as that right or or Tony Khan I mean I don't know how he how he books you know I don't know if he's actually there with a meeting with the guys and the agent and listening in and getting his two cents but I'm sure he doesn't really know anything about you know the inner workings of the ring so he's probably just kind of stay I'm, I'm guessing he stays away from it and he won't he won't hear when he's listening if he is listening kind of listening i don't think he understands like what they should and what they shouldn't do or what he should nix because he just doesn't gonna get it he doesn't understand like oh that's probably not a good idea to have a guy get his balls around the ring post twice and not and and not be the focus of the, lead into anything in the match for the finish or anything you know i want to use that as a big injury angle later on like i don't want to waste it here so you know, Moxley just does, you know, he just does it. So it's just, I couldn't get into that to the match after that. And they're lucky that happened in picture. Picture a lot of people mostly fast forwarded it, but like I saw it and it's bullshit. You don't, you don't ram a guy nut first twice in a match and nothing. And it just means nothing. You just don't waste that. Right. And so Moxley wins, of course, and as we all expected. And, but he, I thought Menard got way too many, you know, uh, near falls on him. I I could understand one close near fall after some cheating, and they, and they did one, but they did they did had a big one that was was really good, but they did a couple other ones as well. I think if he just focus on that one, but he goes, oh my god, he's really gonna sneak this one out. No, oh, no, he doesn't. You know, kicks out. Yeah, you know, Moxie is able to escape. And I was talking about Moxley, and you know he's their big star, he's their champion, and he just doesn't look. Physically impressive. He had the the you can see the you know he had, he's his head's not shaved so you can see the receding hairline. He is not tan. He doesn't look and he he's in shape but doesn't look in you know he doesn't look athletic and um he just looks like I guess might be his his shtick his gimmick is that he's just the the everyman tough guy I guess but. You know, this is a cosmetic business. And, 
you know, people that you're trying to you're trying to attract new fans. If that's if that truly is the goal, it should be the goal. You want people to be like, well, this is wrestling, and then when they see a champion, like that's the champion. Look at that guy. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of people that cruise by WWF when they see Roman Reigns. Like, he looks like something. He does. He looks like a star. Well, he looks like a million bucks. That guy. And you, you put him in a, in a, next to Moxley, and and you know he's just gonna overshadow Moxley, right? If you went to just a person that doesn't watch wrestling and said, "Here are the two champions of this company of these companies," from the picture of these two champions, which company would you watch? I bet you ninety nine point nine percent would choose Roman Reigns because he looks like someone. He looks like a star. Moxley looks like the local the local prize fighter from the neighborhood, right? That's, you know, fighting but still works at the deli shop, right? Like on on uh between trainings, you know? So I I just would like to see Moxley kind of work on his look, man, like change it up. Get, you know, uh, you know, I'm not saying go do steroids or anything like that, but just get Get more defined. Get, you know, maybe tan a little bit to kind of give you some color and maybe go bald. Just shave, pick that head. Maybe grow the beard out, you know, or something, you know, darker. I don't know. Like, do something to make you stand out. I It just, it just kind of just, kind of just, just there. And again, like, you're going against the World Series. Do you really need Moxie on the show? Do you really need to waste him? Like, I know Moxie probably wants to keep active, and he just, you know, but at the same time, you gotta like, okay, well, we still gotta pull. Let's pull back a little bit because we don't want to overexpose a champion. When you're working matches versus Matt Menard of you know of that level, you know, that doesn't. I don't think it does anything for for Moxley at all. You know, I say leave him off. I mean, if you want to have a to have a promo, have a promo. You know, have, have a live promo. You know, you don't have to do pre-tape promo, but to have a live promo, like you can have them on television somehow without just wrestling. So, uh, even like this week, they're doing uh, him versus Liam Moriarty, and I get why they're doing that match because the firm attacked Moxley after Dynamite. But does it have to be a world title match? I mean, Lee Lee Moriarty hasn't done anything. <laughs> On uh, in last few months, uh, earn a title shot or anything like that, or even take a series of the challenge, title challengers. So it, it could just been a non-title grudge match, or uh, Moxley's just you know non-title, just seeking revenge over the firm. So I just it, Dynamite's going to be really interesting this week. So um, I I just I hope it's a good show, but man. I think we're getting what Ray Phoenix versus Luchasaurus versus Orange Cassidy with that all Atlantic title that means nothing. Um, you know, the, God, it's not the, I mean, I don't. I think the FTW title might have more credibility than this all Atlantic title. And uh, yeah, Lee Moore versus Moxley. I mean, this should be a total destruction. I, 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 you know, I know they're trying to get the firm over, but hey, if I was, I, I'd book a total destruction of Lee Moriarty by Moxley. He wants revenge. So that's another reason why it was stupid to have him wrestle on Rampage this week against Batman R, unless he was so upset of what happened on Dynamite, he obliterates 
Matt Menard as well. And now he's like, oh, shit, Lee Moriarty, I'm going to come and kill you, right? So, I don't know. AEW has been nice. You know, like I said, I like, I like Dynamite last week. I thought it was a decent show. It was an easy watch. You know, I enjoyed most of the matches and the segments. But honestly, it hasn't really been that good since CM Punk's not then there. I'm really uh, really concerned about, you know, the elite coming back, as I mentioned last week on Take Home Podcast. I really don't think they need those guys. And uh, I think I believe it was Kevin Ely, Kevin Ely, but he was like, I can't believe he said the guns are more important than the Young Bucks and the, the gun club. And I'm like, yeah, because they're future, man. They're young guys that. They could be big stars, young bucks. We've seen those. We've seen those tricks. We've seen their tricks. The same thing, and the promos suck, and their overacting sucks. Like the gun clubs are. Those are good kids. Those are future future stars, right? So, anyways, I, I'm glad you guys joined me for more ranting and raving. And uh, I just had to get this off my chest. I was like, I sort of really upset. I've never seen booking on a national wrestling scale this bad in a very very long time it's just i just couldn't believe it like don't beat matt david on his first match in the company don't make the kingdom look look just just look like they don't, don't even matter anyways thanks for listening uh if you i'd love to hear your opinion hit me up on twitter laraka jl uh, let me know what you thought. Maybe it might, do you agree or disagree what I said tonight uh, on this episode? I would love to hear your thoughts. Everyone, be safe this weekend. Enjoy yourself, whatever you guys do. And just be safe. Take care. Bye. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.